hello, I'm Flick and for this season of Everyday Burnout Conversations, I'm sharing some bite-sized solo session chats that tackle the everyday shenanigans that potentially lead us to burnout. Now this week's topic always invites the annual tinsel and fairy lights to join it because I'm talking people-pleasing and perfectionism. They often go hand in hand, don't they? And they never fail to ramp up our stress levels in December. Now, while people-pleasing and perfectionism, they're not exclusively women's issues, I think it's fair to say that women and those who identify as women have been socialised in many cultures to be the caregivers, the overgivers, to be calm, passive, put other people's needs before their own. We may worry about what others think of us. We don't want to come across as arsy, demanding, high maintenance. So we resort to saying yes and pleasing others to kick away any of those thoughts. People pleasing and perfectionism, they're the relentless and exhausting efforts we resort to when we're trying to prove our worth. If you lift the lid up, on people-pleasing and perfectionism, you are going to find a jar full to the brim with fear. It's a fear that you're not good enough and that others will reject and abandon you. And I know that stings to hear. Honestly, I kind of winced when I even said those words. You spend your time believing you have to keep pleasing others, achieving and perfecting in order for people to like and want you. But before you process what I've just said and you begin to declare yourself a bit of a wanker as you down spiral into self-blame and self-loathing, stop. Please stop. Remember, it's all down to that damn human hard wiring again. Survival means you stay within the safety of your tribe. Like our brain has led us to develop the habits that give us that tribal stamp of approval to ensure that we stay tucked up, safe within the confines of the circle. And when I say circle, like these circles, they apply to our home and our work life. When we consider the family, the friends, work, studying, acquaintances, they all have circles of people you interact and engage with, don't they? The act of people-pleasing, I've discovered, is actually also linked to our childhood home life and upbringing. And as children, we may have learned to take the temperature of the room. Like, we were on high alert to, for example, see if a parent was in a good mood or a bad one. Maybe we felt responsible for improving things for that parent. How can I make them happy? How can I make sure I'm not in trouble? How can I avoid the arguments, the shouty voices? In learning to please their parents, they learn to please others. And this is fawning. It's classic fawning. And fawning is the fourth stress response. The danger is this innate need to survive and feel safe. Well, it invites you to hop and run on the people-pleasing and perfectionism treadmill. And here, oh my God, you will run at full speed, doing as much as you can, running as fast as you can, fawning as much as you can. It's bloody knackering. It burns you out. And here's the thing, it will never actually be enough. People-pleasing and perfectionism, 
They're never going to hit the treadmill pause button for you, are they? So you can catch your breath. No bloody way. So take a moment to think about yourself, your life. Are you pleasing others? Are you trying to live up to high expectations? Are you setting those high expectations on yourself? Can you smell the burnout fumes coming from your treadmill now? Perfectionism, it's impossible. Now, truth be told, I'm complex when it comes to perfectionism. I I hate waltzing into a stiff, boring show home environment. It makes me shudder. So I'm not a perfectionist when it comes to my environment or those I gravitate towards. I, ooh, I love raw, grit and real, but I'm a perfectionist when it comes to my own efforts, my work. Honestly, I set the bar so damn high and will always feel a failure if I have a day when I'm struggling to pole vault above that bar. I guess the fear here is, well, I'm not good enough or worthy enough unless I make it resoundly clear that I'm above the bar. People pleasing, well, that's bloody impossible too. Often people pleasers are prone to overthinking and they fall victim to the curse of believing their imagination and the beliefs that have been formed in their mind. You may say, for example, yes to making brownies for the school Christmas fair because you believe... Well, maybe the other parents on the PTA will judge you for being a crap parent, selfish. This is a shitty belief in your mind. You actually have no factual proof or evidence. They say that. Think about it. If you saw a mum doing her best and did not make two dozen brownies at 1.30 in the morning for the school fair the next day, would you say, cheapers, what a selfish cow? No. You'd say, oh, love, who cares about the bloody brownies? Get yourself into bed, darling. Get some good sleep. You need it. The kids don't care. When you focus on pleasing others, there's a disconnect that forms between your true self and the self you present to the world around you. You start living your life to please others. You start living for that recognition the gold stars, the compliments, your worth actually becomes attached to the accolades. And if they don't come you your way, you perceive yourself to be rubbish. So in the bin you go. There is something wrong with you. You are not good enough to be accepted. Do you hear the fear stitched within those words? They were my words. The problem with pole vaulting over high bars of perfectionism in order to hear the applause of others. Oh my God, it's bloody knackering. It's absolutely fucking exhausting. And there will always be someone in the crowd who doesn't like your style of jumping, your style of running, the colours on your damn sweatband. It's just life, isn't it? The fact of the matter is... You can't please everyone. You're not a packet of chocolate buttons. Yet their acceptance and approval applause is often the only thing a people pleaser can hear. It's what they relied on and used to quiet the internal self-doubt, anxiety and fear. It's what they were probably doing when they were little. And I know 
Oh, it stings, doesn't it? So how do you tackle these traits? How can you shush the beast of festive people-pleasing perfectionism? Well, let's talk about building up and strengthening your sense of self. Remember, we tend to hide our true selves behind people-pleasing and perfectionism. Oh, sorry, that was a mouthful. It prevents that soft part of us from being exposed to what we perceive as harsh elements and the fuck faces of the world. The problem is the more fawning we do, the more out of touch we become to ourselves and our own needs. What we want, what we like, what we choose. All your efforts have been spent trying to be what others want you to be or maybe an idealised version you've got in your mind of yourself. And now you're toast. How many Christmases have you spent sorting everyone else out? And then when someone asks you what you want, you don't even bloody know. If I said to you right now, darling, what would you like to do? Would you instantly refer to a heartfelt mental list of 50 things that bring you joy? Or would you think, oh God, I don't know. I just know it's not this. Glenn and Doyle hits a nail on the head with, we forgot to know ourselves when we learned how to please. In therapy, it's called hypervigilance. And honestly, I still catch myself doing it again and again and again. I'm, well, bloody hell, I'm an expert. I'm a world-class expert at watching for an expression. Eyes rolling or darting, lips tightening. I can detect the energy of disappointment from bloody miles away. And this inevitably fast tracks me to question what I've done wrong and what I should have done instead. No wonder I burnt out to smithereens. Oh God, what a bloody waste of energy that was. Looking back a few years ago, I'd become so detached to who I am. I didn't know what I wanted, what I liked, what I needed. All I knew was that getting up and out of bed to face the day was something I just could not do. The burnout smoke fumes around me, well, they were now rancid. Finding yourself... Yep, I get it. It can feel like a whopping endeavour, can't it? I know it can feel like climbing a mountain. I know that not only do you have to do the work to climb the mountain, but you are carrying the hefty weight of some shitty voices. Never originally your own either. And they have some serious self-doubt and self-loathing. It sits on your shoulders, doesn't it? You don't even have to do this climb in one shot. I want you to know you can reclaim parts of you bit by bit. It's what I did. Besides, you know what? Self-discovery, it has to be a lifelong mission, doesn't it? Because we are all constantly changing. The best way to reclaiming and finding yourself again is to explore and try things. Do something small, check in with yourself. How did it feel? Did you enjoy that? For me, it was reading novels. You see, I've always been an avid reader of memoir, biographies and non-fiction and there's nothing wrong in that. But at times, I now see the non-fiction was linked to my chronic, chronic need to learn. And sadly, this came from a fear. 
the fear of being stupid. Not enough. And that goes back to when I was little. When I first crawled back from burnout, I read novels, something I had dismissed as a waste of time. But I discovered it was so soothing and calming and fun to dive into the world of a character that often made me feel so seen. Again, it was a small step that led to something bigger. And that then helped shush the internal fuckface voice that told me I was stupid. As for those self-doubting voices that follow you around to remind you that not everyone likes you, well, darling, you cannot allow your self-worth to be completely dependent on other people's approval. Take it from me. Oh my God, I tried. It's a dead-end street. Don't go there. One of the biggest shifts you can make is increasing your own positive self-talk and self-compassion. It's time to give yourself more of both. Now, if this is too big a step, take the affirmations of others. Say them to yourself in the mirror. Do it until you begin to believe it. A close friend of mine will still regularly remind me as we end our calls to go and look in the mirror and see what she sees to tell myself that I'm enough, I'm great, I'm fucking fantastic. Oh, honestly, I'm so grateful for her support. Adopt the fake it till you make it here. And this is the only time you're ever going to hear me say that face, because honestly, it makes me wince. It reminds me of startup days, encouraging the action of 70-hour fucking weeks. What a pale, male, stale, utter mess. Nonsense. Now, Speaking to a close friend when who like someone you feel safe with, that is a brilliant way to get some rational perspective to challenge your beliefs. Because when we don't question the stories, we take them as gospel truth, don't we? Just being aware that our thoughts could be a story we tell ourselves and a fabricated load of old bollocks, well, that can be a real eye-opener. So for the rest of this month, do one small thing a day for yourself. When I chatted, it was back in season two, I chatted to Jess Rad, and she spoke about the 1% in our day, where women should strive to take, reclaim, at a minimum, 1% of their day, which is 15 minutes, and she wants them to do something for them. Bit by bit, as this self-love and compassion builds up, the self-loving voice will begin to drown out the whines of your self-doubting fear. Drop the perfectionism, the people-pleasing. Tell yourself you're safe, that you're loved. I adore Sarah Tobin's tapping scripts. She always includes a declaration, I choose to love, support and accept myself anyway. These words, literally, they hit the spot for me. And sometimes, honestly, I've shed a tear when I've said them because, well, let's face it, I've spent bloody decades refusing to do either. Taking up space, physically and emotionally, in your own life, yep, it's a work in progress for sure. But, oof, it feels so much better to be standing on this side of the street. Take it from me. It's warmer, sunnier, way more fun. There's no doubt. Yeah, I'm still dishing out way too many fucks on certain things. But setting boundaries, working on loving myself more, only allowing those in my circle to be true gems. It's beautiful 
and positive forward momentum that is bringing the real change, the real results. To stop worrying about what others think of me. Yeah, I know, that's not going to seize overnight. To stop worrying if I should have rewritten a certain sentence differently in my work after I sent it off or hit publish. Yeah, that's not going to magically come to a halt either. But, slowly but surely, bit by bit, I honestly, I can sense the blossoming. And fuck, it feels good. I'm really hoping I can inspire you to try and take the same steps too. And you know what? Surely that is something pretty momentous to celebrate as we near the end of this year, isn't it? Now, it's this people-pleasing perfectionism is something I'm going to be continuing to chat about over the next week on my Instagram feed. So you can find me at Flick Taylor Writes there. It's also something I am deep diving into on my burnout course that I'll be running in the new year. So if you fancy working with me, hop on over to the wait list. You can get first dibs on the limited spaces available. You'll be able to find details in the show notes or on my website at flicktaylor.com. So wishing you a bloody fabulous week. Promise me you're going to take good care of yourself. Lots of love and thanks for listening. Bye.